Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to John and Dylan Online, a show where two comedians talk about internet history, or in this case, kind of just another. This is usually something we do for Patreon, but we're going to talk about a band this week, a band that's old, a band that's bold, a band that has a drummer who got sucked off and a lead singer who had sex with the same person. So they released a competing sex tape, Motley Crue. Ladies and gentlemen, their current their old guitar player Mick Mars is currently suing them. And I they're going to say currently dead because he looked dead when oh, I saw them in Mick concert Mars? twenty years ago. Well, Mick Mars has a degenerative disease that's one of the most nightmarish things I've ever heard in my entire life, which was his bone marrow grows plaque, so he's slowly being frozen by his bones. Can I so ask like, you a question? Yo, why doesn't he just brush his bone marrow twice a day if it's got plaque, John? Yeah, well, Dylan, show's done. From your ma- yeah, thank you very much. All right, everyone, join our Patreon. Our Patreon episodes, by the way, are this long, and they are this much of a ripoff. Guess, guess, guess what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell you a story, though. Here is it is. So we're me and John were talking about. So I like telling stories on my Instagrams and my in my TikToks. That's right. But like the problem with the stories is the we're talking about. Thank you for everyone that does just watch their phone for two minutes. Oh, really appreciate it. But um. Here's all right. So I took an easy jet flight one time. I was I arrived on the flight that sweet spot between hungover and drunk. Oh, I'm that's a real that's a real. I'm returning to England. The year yeah. is 2016, and I was just in a former Soviet republic where the tequila shots were somehow part of the payment. Oh yeah, baby, that is <laughs> fucking. What was it? I remember making some like throwaway oh. joke when I did gigs in. Uh, Fuck, I want to say Estonia, where I was like, I was making some Estonia, where I'm like, hey, buddy, where are we do? Where do we do the stuff from Taken, but where Liam Neeson doesn't show up? You know what I mean? Like trying to make a joke, and the guy was like, if you go to the border, we can get you whatever you want. And I was like, you saw a joke as a serious comment. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. stop making jokes now. I remember I was in Latvia or Lithuania. I cannot remember, and the bartender got angry at me for going outside to smoke and not standing behind the bar with him and smoking cigarettes. I just remember, and like, by the way, like in front of a no smoking sign that seemed very purposely placed. And he's just like, no, no, here, here. And you're just like, man, you get other side of like, I don't even fucking know. Fuck man. Smoking other, other side of fucking, um, uh, the Netherlands and fucking light them up. Get ready. Germany is wild. They're the best. Like Europe. Here's the thing where people are like, oh, Everywhere has a Florida. It's that only America builds a billboard and is like, what's the fuck up? And here's the thing with Europe. Europe's Florida starts basically at the Netherlands and goes east until Asia. And then it's just literally like, what happens here? Whatever the fuck you want, man. Whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Like, let's get fucking crazy. The amount of nut shit in Sweden. The amount of people pissing in the road. So crazy. Almost had the only time. I almost had a threesome with two people, but I couldn't do it because one of the ladies' boyfriends was fighting in Afghanistan. And I was like, listen, I don't support the war, but like I'm not I'm not honing a soldier while he is at war's insane lady. Get out of here. Let's go. That's exactly what you do, though. That helps the war no, effort. Does not. I just I, I had a vibe. I had a vibe where I was like, this ends with me getting hit in the face with a baseball bat. Well, that's hot stuff. Certainly. Oh my God. Yeah. So you're on an easy jet flight and here's what happened is you would go for a weird time of a uh, portion of days at a weird portion of the week for comedy. So it's literally like you are Saturday, you are Sunday in Las Vegas hungover and it's Thursday morning and you're at Shipple airport. Like it's like <laughs> no one is, no one can understand why you're this hungover is the other thing that you should understand about these flights. Like no one's like, okay, well, it's Amsterdam and it was Easter weekend. You're like, well, it's Brussels and this man is wearing a Shaquille O'Neal t-shirt. Why does he smell like a penis? Oh, buddy. They woke me up, gave me a sandwich. I ate it, fell back asleep. Woke me. The crew woke me up again and said, did you eat that sandwich? I said, yeah. And then the guy was like, that was for the guy behind you. And I said, oh, sorry. I didn't know. I thought maybe it was free. He's like, a complimentary sandwich on an easy jet flight? You paid eight pounds for this flight. And I was like, yeah. And then he was like mad. But that was the thing was the best part was they had only brought that sandwich. 
<laughs> so we had to explain to the guy, you got you got pretzels or something. And the guy was still pissed at me as if he didn't fuck up. Of course. Of course. You fucked welcome. up. Yeah, welcome to England. Welcome to a British person. Uh, do I blame the institution that created this? No, I blame I blame the rotund gentleman who smells like a fart. And just, oh yeah, and just hung over. So like, the other thing about me is I get really horny when I'm, so it's just like a oh, sleeping yeah, guy with yeah, a fucking boner. Just I just <laughs> ate a sandwich and I got a big stiff boner and I'm asleep. <laughs> that guy just like snoring with hard as shit just ate your sandwich. <laughs> Ugh, can't wait to get home and fucking jack off. <laughs> I got some ham in my belly. <laughs> I got I got some sausage. In <laughs> I got ham in my belly and sausage in my pants. Can't wait to go I mean, watch. No, I have. I actually gonna go been... watch Eva Angelina piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 2016. Let's see what Bonnie Rotten has been up to. <laughs> Bonnie Rotten never could get into it, John. What better way to talk about Motley Crue than starting the story with uh, falling asleep on a plane? Actually, that's not that's more shitty. Motley Crue is more aggressive as far as John. You've read the dirt 600 years ago. Walk us through what happens in the dirt. Well, I'm going to move my fucking camera back. Jesus fucking Christ. Christ. Uh, The dirt is the story of uh, one highly motivated, uh, traumatized man. Uh, a disabled guitar player, a sex addict, and an idiot hitting it big using rock and roll. Uh, basically, what happens is this: uh, America you never set your camera. I'm like trying. I've been trying, Dylan. I don't want. I want them to see me blurry. I want them okay, to be like, good. You keep talking. This protection program. Maybe he is. Witness How the fuck did that program. not work? I fucking hate everything. Oh, oh, suck me. Started to be. Nope. All right. Uh, the off again, on again. Uh, we did it again. I feel like they do that on purpose to give people like a superiority in situations. Well, did you reset it? Yeah, I reset the nuclear warhead, you fucking piece of shit. No, man, my friend Mike was on a 15-hour flight, and uh, they were having problems with the fl- and he was listening to the flight crew, and they literally turned the plane off, turned it back on again, and then flew. And he was like, I've never been more scared in my life. <laughs> they flew for 15 hours, and the problem was, uh, you try to turn it back on, turn it on again. Yeah, we did that. Anyway, let's go fucking be 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The thing I think about all the time when you fly to Australia is, you know, that in-flight map where like it's like you can see where you fly over when you fly to Australia. It's literally like the minute you leave Los Angeles to the moment you land in Melbourne are the only times you're over land. And I just think about like, what if something happens? And it's like, well, what do you think happens, John? You fucking die. No, <laughs> like, you fucking swim, dude. I always have a fucking, I always have a path to victory. I remember yeah. when I was like playing football in high school, I was 17. Ooh, I moved as fast as the slowest punter in the NFL. And I was the size of the smallest coach in the NFL. And I honestly had the thought while watching a Muhammad Ali documentary, but he never faced me. I would have fucking three and owed that pussy. I would have knocked that bitch out, convinced him the nation of Islam right was wrong, corrected him. Right yeah. I can say this right now. I would pay a lot of money to find out what age you start being superior over Muhammad Ali. I don't know how, what AI no. tech. I think what's death. Death. death I got, I'll, I, let me say this. I'm going to give you, because I love you, and I agree with this. 1996 Olympics forward, Muhammad Ali is yours for sure. For sure. I still think he would beat me up because I was in grade six. No, 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 no. I'm comparing you today. You today versus various eras of Muhammad Ali. I say you today could take him down 96 forward. Not easily. Like, you're getting fucked up, too. Oh, yeah. But, like, on the cards, they're going to be like, God's got it. You know what I mean? How terribly I move. Yes. Exactly. Like, it's almost, and it, like, distracts him. Like, he's like, what the fuck is he doing? Why would he get in the ring if that's how he maneuvers? But that's the one thing about athletes that we don't, like, the way that fucking just a basketball player from the 90s moves now is, like, how our grandmothers move, just because, like, the impact on your hips. I know that's a boring thing. Let's talk about man hips on a Motley Crue podcast. All I want to talk about it always. Uh, listen, I now listen to the Pat McAfee show because just listening to an athlete apply how he feels about football to everything in life and business makes for the most riveting radio I've ever heard in my life. Just a man grunting and attacking executives. It's the greatest week I've ever had in news. 
Yeah, it's always good to get all your news from a guy standing up in a sleeveless shirt. Yeah, I always want to make sure that all of my information is coming from a guy who definitely makes sure to go like this to expose his chain, no matter the shirt he's wearing. <laughs> so, John. So, Dylan. Talk about Motley Crue. How did they form into a band? So, here is 1970 and 80. Uh, basically, uh, LA is going through this weird flux where there's all these people that like glam metal. And there are all these sort of bands competing to kind of be the first American glam band that eventually becomes Quiet Riot because um, uh, this is the height of record uh, recording um, recording company supremacy. And they're literally like, what's a successful song in England? Um, come on, feel the noise. Yeah. Get this band that we're using to pretend to be that band to play their song. There we go. That worked, which creates a marketplace for basically hard rock played by people with ludicrous fashion sense. And enter a traumatized man from the Midwest, a guy named Frank Fournier, and he is obsessed with becoming famous so that he can use that fame to kill his mom and find his dad and then kill his dad, which is basically the story of the dirt. Um, his mom dated Richard Pryor and seemed like a real piece of shit, and his dad just abandoned him a bunch. He gets real emo in the 90s sidebar. Anywho... Uh, this guy becomes Nikki Six. Nikki Six joins a, a bunch of different bands, one called London that almost makes it and then doesn't. He leaves that band, hooks up with like the young hotshot drummer, a guy named Tommy Lee, who's from Covina, the most suburban place I've ever been to in my life. They um, uh, put in an ad. That ad attracts a guitar player who's already got three kids and is 30 and considered ancient. <laughs> oh, yeah, because what is it? Uh He's the only guy who can play music. Nikki Six is actively bad. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Nikki Six is actively bad. No, no. Vince Neil's fine. Tommy Lee's good. Mick Mars is great. But like Nikki Six, it's like Mick Mars is like, why don't we do this? And Nikki Six is like, that's interesting thought. I don't know what that thing you're holding does. Yeah. So you, this is a great point. To make this point, Tommy Lee is kind of like the Dennis Rodman of drumming in that Tommy Lee for what he does is like superb and is amazing. And Mick Mars is superb and amazing as a musician and a riff writer. And then they meet like just a singer that just sounds exactly like pops music should in the moment they're making rock and roll. And they meet a superb businessman. Nikki six is a terrible lyricist and a terrible musician. Really smart at business wants. Yes, he's be, going and he's to he's also win. very like Nikki Six is like also he's very good at being uh exactly Evil. what you said. And also like everyone in the band except for Mick Mars is charismatic. That's correct. And also the thing that Molly Crew is very good at is they look like they're cutting edge, but what they really do is look at what's happening in the underground. And then they replicate that, but because they have Mick Mars, who's like gone through being in a bunch of different bar bands in the seventies, they have a guy that's like, I can ride fucking hooks for fucking days. Let's fucking do this. They put out fucking, uh, their first fucking album, uh, too fast for love. They got a fucking belt buckle on it. All of the photos were done by a wedding photographer. They're out. Their manager, a guy named Alan Kovac who ripped off a kid in Canada for his life savings. So they have to do a weird tour of like Windsor and London, Ontario, when this album's supposed to come out, it gets big industry heat, mostly because David Lee Roth wants to fuck the ladies that go to their shows, which is the best and weird. and so crazy. Uh, and they get signed to Electra. Electra decides to, um, uh, hide their label. So with no marketing effort, their second release shout at the devil originally shot with the devil. And then Nikki six claims a bunch of forks started levitating around his apartment. What he doesn't mention was he was on cocaine for seven days. So it's like, no, that they just, they didn't move there a year. We're on Coke. You psychopath, uh, releases. That also, with no it's like the, you say, you just mentioned the devil, the Tipper Gore thing is happening. If it was shot with the devil, then they would have right actively... after the, no Tipper Gore doesn't happen yet. Tipper Gore is happening in a second. This is, uh, no, but I mean like it's gathering because yes. people, this is like, you're getting, you're getting like heavy metal and like also Richard Ramirez is killing people. Like there's a lot of, or was he talking about Satanism as a real problem, which man, Dylan, are you fact cool that you just a... like, AI is a problem now where you're like, oh, wow, that actually could really affect society. And then back in the 80s, they had to just actively invent problems. 
Yeah, we're still doing that. I've you listen. It's been covered many multitudes of times on this very program. But let me say this: God damn it, I don't. I don't think AI is the problem that we all think it is. I'll tell you what the problem we all think it is: this dick. That's the problem you all should be fucking worried about. I I wish I had your optimism, John. All right, continue. Of course, I. By the way, it's not optimistic. I think it's going to be much stupider. I think we are way closer to some nuclear bombs going off than anyone really recognizes. You know what I'm saying? Also, like. What's going to fucking happen in stupid America? What's going to happen in stupid Canada? Like nothing really works. Everyone's annoyed. They won't bring back the McRib, Dylan. <laughs> suck my rib. This guy had a couple of McRibs taken out so he could suck his own dick. Tommy Woo! Lee, we're back on. Fucking- okay, so basically the other thing is Motley Crue basically just are partying psychopath assholes. They hang out with Ozzy Osbourne at the height of Ozzy Osbourne wearing blouses and doing cocaine. Um, also sidebar, Dylan, have you been listening to the nightmare that is the Osborne's podcast? No. Oh, well for this program and my own delectation, I have been, and it is, it is literally just, oh, this is what happens to a family when there was an addict there for 40 years. Cause Ozzy's literally like, Oh, uh, yeah, that was John. That's fine. And Jack is just, I got to control the conversation. Uh, Sharon Osborne has had so much plastic, plastic surgery. She looks like fucking beaker and, uh, Kelly Osborne just mentions her children. And I assume is on pills. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you have that sweet spot of, uh, your parents are present, but not really there. And then you're, you're rich. So no one feels bad for you. So it's like, you have like a weird emotional detachment, but also, you're basically your currency is your last name. So you kind of have to like, Hey, we're dad's naturally going through the end of life stuff, which is accentuated by his previous drug use. And now we got to make a radio show, which is the one thing dad can't do anymore. That's right. What I like though, is what we, when we podcast came out, we were all like, Hey, no, we need to do. We need to make sure that everyone just makes the fucking Oprah slash Drew Barrymore show. That's every show. Every podcast is literally just they're trying to work through an emotional moment at this point. That's why I like this show. No pathos, no crying. Well, this show really finds the sweet spot between information and just talking, which we do neither of them. John, explain more about Motley Crue. The thing that you remember about Motley Crue is Motley Crue is basically the Backstreet Boys of the 80s. Uh, in that they just got juicy, juicy hooks. Uh, and if you look into their bath sto- backstory, it's nothing but blood. Uh, fun things. Uh, Vince Neil murders a man with a car. This uh, the uh, drummer for Hanoi Rocks, a band that let me tell you this, ro- 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 rocks. Um, they're going to the liquor store. They put a bunch of two fours of beer in the lap of Razzle. Got into a car accident because Vince Neil was drunk, of course, and it killed Razzle. Vince Neil should have done five years in jail for murdering a man with his car, and instead he did thirty days. Where if you read the dirt, he just talks about all the sex he had in jail with ladies who came to visit him because cool. Vince Neil is exactly who you want to be. Hey, isn't it bad you killed that guy? I mean. No, you know what I'm saying? It's fucking <laughs> no, it's really sick because I'm a metal it, guy and I love yeah. that. That's pretty sick, though. You're like, is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's just cheesy cock rock, but they put a bunch of fucking satanic symbols behind it, which I'm glad that doesn't really work anymore. But it also is funny that you no longer need a satanic symbol. Oh, it depends to be on where satanic. you are. Like, have you been reading, like, they keep putting all these satanic things in um, uh, various courthouses and and places because they're putting up the Ten Commandments. So they're putting up, like, a Methuselah statue and stuff like that. So now it's getting getting going again. So, well, here's the fun thing was I was watching a video where it was a really cute little girl and it was the, the headline was. Uh, how Swifties watch football and it was this really cute you know she's like two and a half she's like I'm ready for football and then uh, the mom goes uh, who's playing today and she goes I don't know and then she goes who's your favorite football player and the little girl goes Taylor Swift and then that's a cute video yeah because it's making lightly making fun of Swifties who now watch football because she's dating Travis Kelsey top comment was how dare you let your daughter be a fan of Satanist Taylor Swift Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And then her, the parent commenting, cool the fuck down. Exactly. Also oh. 40 likes. So if you're just like a machine reading that, each of those comments are exactly weighted the same. I want to say this right now. And I love that. That I love for us. I if love anything. If you're everybody. wearing a satanic symbol, people are like right bullshit. Now. You're just fucking trying to distract from T-Swift being a Satanist. 
which is depends the best on where you about- are. You will get some of those people. But here's what I want to say is okay. hats off to that fucking parent that was literally that reads like how dare and just literally just like. I'll tell you what this guy needs to fucking do. Settle down. Doesn't correct the Satanism. Just, hey, how about you just tone? <laughs> choose a better tone when you're criticizing if I'm a Malfusian. Well, that's the thing. That's the that's the whole reason I'll never, ever. And a, a couple of our friends who are ever, very successful. Ever, get back together. Ooh, I'll never, ever, ever put my kid on uh, social media. Oh, my God. I completely love it. A lot it. of our friends I, who are famous are like, I know. man, your kid's cute. Maybe you should uh, put them on social media. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd rather literally just get a job. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would rather. Bad. I'm going to. I want to. I want you to name the names of these fucking assholes that say that because like oh, ass- our friends that are. Oh, I'm glad Dan Bilzerian, our good friend. Of course, Dan Bilzerian, yeah, our good, our good friend. friend, noted st- noted Canadian stock exchange massive owner. All of his stocks are on the Canadian stock exchange. That's because his dad is a massive embezzler. That's sick, though. I love that. I got to tell you, Dan, have you checked in on Dan Bilzerian recently? Because I certainly have. And it is it is mostly just documentaries about how his follower counts are going down. Because let me say this right now about the uh, creation of Don't trolls making documentaries. Don't bring the actual internet and I social media into this episode. This is about the 80s and coke and when people could pretend to be rich and Dan, then it would work. Dan Bilzerian is Motley Crue, is the Motley Crew of 2020s. That's what Motley Motley Crew and Dan Bilzerian occupy the same space in culture and media, which is the like, oh, we fuck these broads. Broads. Yeah, but there's no party where you could make it fun by putting on what Dan Bilzerian does. Like, yo, put on Kickstart My Heart. We're let's get some beers. Let's fucking commit some vehicular manslaughter, dude. That's, Yo, that's very true. Here's the that's second very one. true. Here, check it out. Hey, let's look at pictures of Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> let's look at a picture of a boat. Cool. Wait a minute. What did we hey, put up? John, what? we're about to go out tonight. Let's fucking look at these pictures. Dylan, on Dylan, fucking put your hands together. Put on Kickstart My Heart. Put on the projector. Dan Bilzerian's Oh, legs. that's fucking actually. That, oh, that works yeah, good. bro. Let's start vaping. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, yeah, that's the clip for the show, dude. That's fucking. We gotta put a kickstart my heart. Just Dill Bilzerian with yeah, prostitutes look on at a those. boat. Oh my god! I guarantee she oh, doesn't even know her name. Yeah, uh, yeah. but sex slaves and here they are. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Every one of these women was molested by their dad. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, damn. Committing financial crimes using my, my dad as a cutout. Other way, actually, Dan. <laughs> uh, Daddy does well, finance I- crimes. I do sex crimes. Bill yeah. Zarians. Yeah, Bill Zarians. We rent mansions. We, 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 we will not pay, 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 pay beards. And then my favorite, which is just <laughs> any podcast, he's like, which is so funny because I watched that podcast with Zarians fucking so Shane Gillis and Martin Screlly, where Shane get where Martin Screlly talks about how <laughs> what if someone tried to pay you thirty three cents for a comedy show? The tickets were thirty three cents. He's like, oh yeah, that'd be bad, but. If the comedy show, if going to the comedy show saved people's lives, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. What are you fucking talking about? Anyway, Motley Crue, talk us through Motley Crue getting big, hair metal going down. They also go through a grunge thing, do they not? Oh, boy, do they. Okay, so what happens is Motley Crue is like the tip of the spear. Dr. Feelgood comes out in 91. Like it's 89. No, Dr. Feelgood's later than that. Dr. Feel you're shocked. It's shocking how late Dr. Feelgood is. Which just say. shows if, if it's in the 90s, it just does go to show you that like if something fucking rules, then it doesn't matter. Oh, oh my god, you were totally right. It was 1989. I'm sorry, Dylan. I always do. Dr. That. Feelgood was that was like Motley Crue's done. They come back, they have Dr. Feelgood. Because the other thing is like another paradigm shift with no that's with, what it is, which doesn't really get mentioned, is that you have Motley Crue. Which is like, basically, hey, what if Slayer, we, what, Slayer, but poison sounds like poison. And then you have Appetite for Destruction, which is like a lot harder than Correct. what Motley Crue is. And that's a paradigm shift. Motley Crue comes back with Dr. Feelgood and then gets exploded by Nirvana. And then they try and wear plaid. And, but like, the, my favorite thing is they wear the plaid, but they aren't like, 
they're not like a grunge attitude. It's Tommy Lee still smiling and being like, <laughs> you know what grunge is about? Titty fucking people. Heroin is for emo bitches. I titty fucked your dad. I made your dad grow tits and then I fucked his tits. Ooh, yeah. Your dad has tits and I fuck those tits. That's good. I, I mean, that's the best. I had a three way with your mom and your dad, but I'm so much of a fucking man. Your dad counts as a chick. Yeah. yeah, I got a shotgun and shot your cat. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> your cat is dead. I'm gonna fuck that too. I got an RRS to say to you, Dylan Atherton. Got that's right. Review and subscribe to this. Ooh. Show. Wait a minute. Yeah, John, you remember how you keep telling me how you want to get a, d- a dog from the Mean Society? Fuck it and give it back, and then they wouldn't take it back. And you you kept yelling, "Well, it's a slut now. I don't want it." And then he killed it with a shovel. Anyway, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> All right. Here's what happens. So Dr. Feelgood's so big, they go on a stadium tour for years. In 91, this is how big they are. They release The Decade of Decadence, which is just their singles from their other albums. But bear this in mind. Uh, all but I think two tracks from Dr. Feelgood become singles. They release a greatest hits album like that's just songs that are still on the radio. That goes fucking crazy. They are unfucking touchable. And then what happens is it all falls apart. Vince Neil leaves the band because they're just like, they're just so they can't go wrong at all. Nikki uh, six gets sober, demands everyone else be sober. Vince Neil's like, I'm going to drink and uh, do motocross and F one racing, which is the most rich guy move ever in that time. Uh, Nirvana happens. Now, what's also very important to remember is Motley Crue is basically just replicating the underground and Nikki six is a faceless businessman with weird spiky hair. So exactly to Dylan's point, they go grunge and like, I'm sad and get a new singer named John Coriabi and make their self-titled album Motley Crue, which basically feels like they they may met with Pantera and then it was like a race between them and Pantera to see who was going to do groove metal and Pantera did it right. And Motley Crue did it exactly wrong. Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you also need a fresh face on it. It's kind of hard to accept a complete musical style change when it's like you've been so fucking successful. You kind of have to do the thing where it's like, okay, we plateaued. You have to wait like 10 years till the people that liked your music when they were 16 or 26. And they're like, whoa, this is fucking I'm an adult, but I want to go back to a time when I had no responsibilities. Let's crew it up. Yeah, that's exactly what they should have done. And basically what they do inadvertently with that book and everything else. But basically they go into a dormant period. Vince Neil comes back to the band because they just need to be able to go on tour. And they They also, I don't know if this was a fucking, sorry to cut you off, but I don't know if this was like a thing that did just happen back then because CDs were like a real stream of income, but they released like nine fucking greatest hits albums. That's right. Um, And you said Vince Neil comes back to the band. Basically what happens is anytime a member leaves or comes back, they try and relaunch the band. So they, in the nineties, Tommy leaves Vince returns. They do the, another greatest hits album with, um, that song that was played a lot new pill. And they appear on Monday night raw for the debut of test, the bodyguard. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause test was a, a bodyguard, bodyguard from all the crew, which is, yeah, that's good. Um, and then they get a, um, a female drummer from hole for a while who has an affair with Nikki six. Um, in that period of time, they write a, a group biography with the guy who wrote the game, Neil Strauss called the dirt, which is the smartest thing that they've ever done and basically relaunches their career, um, as sort of this legitimate band, but also they're really embraced by, uh, urban living millennial fucks basically as kind of a, like, I remember like I would hang out like with a bunch of musicians at this weird fucking hipster bar and they all read that book and they were all into like fucking like, you know, like bands that like have sold four albums. They all were really into black flag and Fugazi and Motley Crue. Like Motley Crue became like a fun, exactly to your point of like, we're doing shots of Jameson put on kickstart my heart. And I think that the, fucking dirt did a lot to help that because it was because it was a book 
you could really ignore the fact that they were fucking druggy sex pest fuck wads. Like, yeah, I'm a feminist. And let me tell you who else is a feminist. Vince Neil, because he didn't kill them, is how it was presented. Well, it's how our generation does irony, where it's you remove yourself from that those like we didn't grow up with people who were into motley crew and fucking called us fags and kicked us yeah no they weirdly like they were guys into, gen x people were that's motley crew yes. a guy 10 years older than me is like oh this guy's a fucking homophobic piece of shit he's like fucking homophobic but he dresses like 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 super effeminately but if you say that then like nine of them beat the shit out of you mm-hmm. um but what's funny is just like an ironic thing yeah and what's funny to us is that like those the bands that were that like the jock rock for me is nirvana and soundgarden and the red the red hot chili peppers is my favorite which is like let me tell you this no homo your fate you're wearing a t-shirt of two male band members kissing they they're thinking that you know what i'm saying like that's the that was for me that was that to your point that's also why motley crew is such a breath of fresh air because we were like fed so many fucking bands that the singer sound I saw her like that. You know what I'm saying? That was the real shit. Like watching the younger generation like Creed to me is like the fuck what are you the guys f- doing? Fuck you. Like, yeah, that's why I'm like, I'll fucking another one of my shitty videos, but legit like Limp Bizkit is right there and they rule. Right there. They fucking rule. What do you want? Yeah, They're doing right. a country Western tour now. I've Limp Bizkit goes Hawaiian. Here's what I will say for Limp Bizkit that Motley Crue lacks completely. Limp Bizkit knows who they are. They know who they are in culture. They are fine with it. Like Fred Durst. Well, like, they're just more fun. That's correct. Motley, Motley Crue like, no, is this'll, so this'll serious. our merch. And then like Fred Durst is like, I've grown my hair long. It's all gray. I grew a big mustache. I'm still doing rap metal. And also like still dresses exactly like he did. But I think one of my favorite things was this is the album a uh, new tattoo in 2000 Ooh. it was a uh, pretty much greatest hits album by motley Crue. yet another one but my favorite thing about it was that all of the songs written on it were written by simple plan what do you mean so they just took all the they just took a bunch of fucking simple plan songs is that true yes how do you wh- wh- where did you get this theory theory uh, this is fuck all right no, don't quote me on the fact that it was. Uh, yeah, I knew it. No, 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 no. no. It was Jones. one of their one of their greatest hits albums. They had because I remember because this came out in high school when I was in high school. So it was like two thousand, maybe, maybe two thousand two. It came out. There was a greatest hits album by Motley Crue because they had the fucking what I was talking about the ten years later, like the nostalgic mm-hmm. kick. Yep. And uh, then they had a couple. They had like a single on it, so it was like their greatest hits plus two songs, and both this of those is- songs were Simple Plan. Like they were rejected off of simple plan albums. And then they fucking were like sweet down tuned them. And now they're on a Motley Crue album. I completely, I could completely believe that. I would say that that's earlier because new tattoo, I think is the song they're playing on Monday night. Raw new tattoo is year 2000. Then what song are they playing on Monday night? Raw? Uh, Who the fuck knows either. No, It is new tattoo because that's when test debuts. Remember? He debuts in 2000? I thought it was earlier than that, you know. No, because Tess came in at that magical time. Now we're talking about wrestling, but Tess came at that magical time just before WCW was collapsing where they could get all the mid-card wrestlers where it was like, uh, who the fuck do we have in the main event? This guy's tall, and I think he's fucked somebody. Get him. (laughs) First of all, that's how I demand to be described from now on. He's tall, and he fucks You're... I want you to say this right it now. It wasn't Dylan. when I was in high school. It was the year 2005. If I die tomorrow, uh, it was a 2005 compilation called Red, White, and Crew, which is, that's pretty good, actually. I'm also going to say this. You they knocked the bitch. fucking album up to the top. Test debuted October 25th, 1998. You were wrong on both accounts, but you know what I like? We've both been wrong this episode, but you were much more wrong. That's what's important to me. Songwriter Simple Plan and Nikki Six wrote, Oh my God, that's embarrassing! What a weird day. Oh yeah, Simple Plan Simple wrote plan. the song. Let's suck their dicks. <laughs> oh yeah, suck What's going on, on with you? You're you're really bringing it today. I think you had a head cold the last time. I, I really it. had a lot of colds. There's a lot of uh, in the previous episodes of you making jokes and me not laughing because I'm on mute sneezing. 
Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. There's, that's better than when you go on mute and boomy though. So let's uh, you know we're subtle. Yeah, you're right. You. I like that. I like that. Guy still got your email. Ooh, yeah. So uh, we should also talk about is this an internet moment? The Tommy uh, and Pam sex tape, which was. Let me say this. Ooh. Was out. It was out, and let me tell you, you I really lifted it. Oof. You did you really? Yeah. I just knew th- there was one. There was one kid who, looking back, his parents just where the fuck were they? They did not like him. Mm-hmm. He just had it on his computer, and I remember we gathered round, mm. and we for some reason did not fast forward. And so much of that tape is just people on vacation. It is a lot of vacation. There's a couple BJ's, and then there's some some sun tanning. It's really it's, if you've watched actual pornography, then it's real yeah. bad. Like I remember giving like because this is how fun this is something that is not spoken is that uh boys would just give each other pornography tapes and then certainly masturbate to them and then of course every like that popular kids would get it from nerds no one cared and then here's the other part I remember is everyone would ask me how the tape was which was code for which I always thought was where I would always be like yeah it was good but then I'm like we both know I just said we just. You asked me how jacking off to it was, and I said good, and you were like, I liked jacking off to it, too. Of course. But you still call people gay as an insult. It's very funny. I mean, I also... That's fucking gay. How was masturbating? (laughs) Oh, it was very good. I made my big cummies. I made big cummies (laughs) to it, too. (laughs) Do you want to see how much cummies I made? I have a Polaroid of it, yes. Were you doing fat cummies? I am covering covering this. I have a, a bit about this. In fact... This ordeal right now, very exciting. It's on the zeitgeist. I um, gonna also say this that I always found very fascinating. Oh, it's gone. It slipped from my brain. Fuck. It'll come back. I watch chicks piss and I watch dude shit. That's the liner for this show. Um, this is a this is truly a Patreon episode because it's just two people with attention disorders swearing as their North Star. I've said this to you before, and I have the therapists. Uh, documentation. And I, have the ther- I would like to name that therapist because if I talk to them, they'd probably be like, Dylan is a proud black man because I believe they should be disbarred. <laughs> no, it's just, this is just anxiety, baby. Um, I can't pay attention. I'm just trying to be aware of my surroundings. So do you think be? that Motley Crue, if I gave Vince Neil 50 bucks now and told him what I told him he could be big and TikTok was signing him that he'd put a carrot in his butt? Because I do. No, I don't think so. They are shockingly so doing so well. So what had happened is they do a bunch of tours after the dirt and basically become the, they become fog hat. They become the beach boys. They're a like nostalgia act for exactly that people every 10 years. Oh, I finger fucked a babe when I was 16 at a Motley Crue show. Now let's go with my wife. I don't like it. Maybe you think that he's doing good now. There. Look at that picture. Yeah, but look, they're, they're on a fucking stage. I don't think he's physically oh, doing well. Yeah. I ate a hot uh, dog and it's in my ass. <laughs> anyway. the uh, well, I am mostly a Reuben sandwich. Let's go to the <laughs> toilet. Yeah, I'm calling a guy fat. Oh, fuck off. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Good giving yourself shit there, buddy. Really showing the Presbyterian Canadian there. He's fat. Fuck yeah, you buddy. Know worse than Presbyterian. That? That's what we talk about, all right? Let's, Larry, let's shut your mic off. I got something to say. There's nothing like a fucking Catholic, okay? They fucking, they're bringing back Sunday school because they're paying off so many kids that got molested. That's what it's all about. Anyway, if you guys have, if you guys want something, would be really good for our Patreon is if you called the Catholic Church, said you were molested because they don't even check, dude. You're going to get six figures. Maybe seven. They're just like, yeah. Yeah, No, they give you, they give you six and they're like, okay. Especially if it's uh, got a bunch of fucking things against it. I'm not doing this. I'm just saying if you did. Uh, What was I going to say? John, did you know this? Did you know that um, I lost my train of thought? But Yeah, I can tell. I'm going to resolve this. So (laughs) Molly Crew goes on a bunch of tours. It culminates in them doing a farewell tour where they sign a contract that says we will never, ever tour again. Then the Dirt Gets option for a movie is uh, directed by the guy from Jackass, Jeff Tremaine. Whoa. The movie is fine. They dramatize things they don't need to dramatize. It's very focused on Nikki Six, of course, because Nikki Six is going to win. I'm the winner. Um, I'm going to win. No one can kiss me. But that's every long-term band is just a bunch of people who are along for the ride. And one guy where if he had more know-how, technically, he would run a 
giant social media conglomerate. Yeah, correct. It's one of those things where if AI goes your way, the Nikki Six types are going to really just be that, and then the AI musicians, and then they don't have to deal with anyone, and we're going to see megalomania on a, a scale that you can't even fucking fathom. Um, oh, yeah, like they'll just scrape TikTok for whatever kid came up with a new sound and then just AI the shit out of it. And correct. Like it's done now. Yeah, I made that as an advertisement. Uh, then uh, what the fuck happens next? I'll tell you. Uh, they then come back because they were like, we're coming back because that movie made us popular again with the youth so we can sell at a stadium. Uh, Mick Mars, who is basically just a statue now, is like, can we not tour? Oh, and when we tour, can we maybe like not be so pre-recorded? And they were like, first of all, no. Second of all, shut up. And uh, they have a giant lawsuit. Mick Mars also can't really perform anymore and sort of leaves the band slash gets kicked out. They're in a variety of lawsuits to figure it out. John five joins the band and now there's touring stadiums. Tommy Lee has some accusations. Of course he does. And mostly just makes Instagrams about how expensive cigarettes are. Vince Neal lives in Nashville. Is dating that Nick sucks. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. She's dating, he's dating that girl all. who just did uh, or married to that woman who ha- was one of the first big social media stars who most of her sketches were like, here's how an Asian guy orders stuff at the bank or whatever. <laughs> yeah, looking, looking back. Vine Jenna Marbles that stood by, by her guns. Like They yeah. found a bunch of fucking <laughs> shit of her doing weird racial stuff. And whereas Jenna Marble was like. I was wrong. I'm tired of this anyway. I'm retiring. Brittany Furlong was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting tape. Double down, baby. Yeah. Uh, glad to see that you enjoy my comedy. I feast on your tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, by the way, <laughs> Try and cancel me. No one really cares about what you're doing. Cancel. Please cancel. I've missed three times meeting Tommy Lee because she does stand up and they we've been on the same show and I've missed he because they she'll come early. I always go late. Another. Uh, he had a kid drown in his pool. He, of oh, course. do you know why he believes that the kid drowned in his pool no. and because the sex tape happened? Do you want to know why? I want you to guess why he believes it. I want you to guess. I want you to guess. I don't, I don't know, guess. man. The cabal. It's, it's, you're, you're, you're colder than you're, you think, but you're in the right genre. It's not a cabal. Uh, just tell me. Native American burial ground under the no. It wasn't my neg. It wasn't because I was smoking cigarettes and tried to show the yeah. the moms how big my dick is soft. <laughs> it's because of a Native American yeah. burial ground. Let me say this right now: it's not my fault. Some guy who's not white—that's who fucking did it. Uh, as I mentioned before on the show, well, the story is apt now because it's on the main feed of a Motley Crue episode. But in two thousand and two. I went to the second night of Motley Crue at the Air Canada Center, which is a 20,000-seat arena in Toronto. Halfway through the show, all the band needed a short nap because they were in their, like, 40s and 50s then. That's right. Tommy Lee goes, you guys want to see some crazy shit? I want to see some titties. I want to see some titties. And And then they decide on this woman who's very pretty but clearly there with her boyfriend like couldn't have been more visibly there her boyfriend got tickets and was like we'll go to this thing and then she's like no not doing it just shaking her head nope and people are booing her and well, god bless this woman she's like not even close never I- i'm gonna put on more bras and shirts now yeah. i'm gonna fucking snowman myself with all these shirts she's, she's like her no. boobs off she's to just throw going, into the garbage <laughs> she's literally yeah see them she's signing Good for her She's yeah. signing a thing to switch genders. Like I never want to be a. Wo- I've now retired from being a woman. Tommy she's Lee, by the like way, this, shaking her head. No, sorry, he's not done. And then they go. He goes, "Come on, I'll whip it out." And a couple people are like, "Uh, what?" They oh, think because no. all these like eighteen thousand men think they're going to see a dick, and they're like, "I don't want that." And then she's like, "No." And then they camera goes slightly, slightly to the left, and it's this older woman from when Motley Crue was in their prime, who's had her tits out for months now. Just waving them around, going like, <laughs> like, but like wild eyes, and not like, not doing it like slow and sexually, just like, <laughs> like, like she's trying to scare the entire arena, and no, what everyone goes like, Ugh. I don't know, I've never heard eighteen thousand people at the same time go like, Ugh. like not you, but like scared, and then Tommy Lee was like, oh okay, 
like defeated and he went you guys want to see some crazy shit and then he played wine <laughs> bottles like they were drums and i laughed so fucking hard <laughs> want to see some crazy <laughs> shit and the noise it made was like <laughs> or like you know when you're i don't know you maybe you didn't have like drunk uncles but like my drunk uncles would like give me a pencil and be like, here, play a fucking, it's an empty Molson Canadian, just hit it. And I'm like, okay, hey, hell yeah, I'm a drummer. And they're like, you drum away, I'm going to go smoke over here. And that's yeah, what it was. Very, very different vibe, drunk uncles. There was no, I liked my dr- boozy family and there was no like, time to entertain the kids. It was like, time to play cards, get out of here. I have to fucking teach my brother that he's a prick. Like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah, my uncle also- once took me, we do not, we do not talk anymore to the side of the family. Once took me, he was like, yeah, I haven't seen Dylan in a while. Take him. He took me to a pool hall. He lost a hundred bucks immediately, and we left. Total time hanging out with Uncle Brian, thirty-five minutes. Woo! He was like, "All right, let's go. Well, maybe we'll get some lunch afterwards." Uncle Brian could no longer afford lunch. You're going back with your mom. <laughs> I um, routinely, when my grandmother would go to the salon to get the most intense perm ever. Uh, I was dropped off with my grandfather at the club, which, looking back, was just a community center where he was gambling with his friends. And I would just watch the TV in the foyer. And during every commercial break, I had to check in with my grandfather. (laughs) Man, it is like parenting before iPads was just, I guarantee people don't talk about this with television or iPads, but the amount of straight up deaths that have been avoided just from an iPad or a television. Oh my God. Just it's like gotta be negligent parent does something over here. And then just like kid or not, maybe not straight, not up deaths, but definitely like, I Injuries? guarantee there's way less fingerless kids now than there were in the 100%. 50s. Yeah. There are the eye patch industry. Uh, I assume so swears funny. at every eye patch. You motherfuckers dig my food out of my baby's mouth. Oh, yeah. the uh, Steve eye patch just fucking watching TV, sees an advertisement oh. for the iPad and grips his chair so hard that he rips off the fucking <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> covering. God damn it. First of TV, us. now this. Yeah. No My one's going to play pirate. with firecrackers anymore. Right. Fucking shit. Yeah. First this, now people wearing gloves in the winter. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> oh, I suppose we just can't play with farm equipment alone anymore. I'm oh. going to just say this about Tommy Lee and the idea of I'll whip it out is what kind of world do you live in where you're like, all right, I want to see this woman's tits. She doesn't want to show me your tits. I know what to do. <laughs> Hey, would you like to go on a date? No. Here's my dick. Yeah, exactly. It's the greatest negotiating tool. Also, like, do you remember? Did you have that guy in your school, though? I had a few of those guys. I have those guys still in my friend group now. I have those guys that literally, I had a conversation with one of those guys around me, too, where I was like, see in hell, buddy. There is no way that this is not going to destroy you. Skated completely fine. Not, Not a problem at all. Wild. Oh, no. Yeah. There was a guy who in our neighborhood, he just like, and this was my school had this where it was like a guy whose family had a big farm. So he was just going to own that farm and knew oh, he never yeah. needed school. So he would go through the drive through. He had a big penis. He would go through drive throughs and just take his dick out and then drew a swastika on his balls. And that was that was his joke. And he owns, he owns a farm. He owns a farm because like, he knew it's like what are you no matter do? how oh, many. Yeah. No matter how many people I show, I mean, you could go to jail. I mean, now you would, but not then. Now it was just like, oh, you saw a dick? What if I could mark it down to your calendar, woman? <laughs> First of I all, you're a whore now if you saw a dick. <laughs> you know, you should be wearing uh, big sunglasses at all times in case a man shows you his penis because you're in the wrong. This is a memory that just pops in my head. I just remembered from house party when we were 17, which is a guy went into the kitchen, got a knife, walked up to another guy and said, Jeremy, stop taking your dick out around my friends. And Jeremy had not taken his dick out at that party, but I feel like someone had a lot of booze for the first time and was really getting something from the past out. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, at least he got a knife to show everyone. He's very that's serious. The thing. There's, I have, there's a bunch of times I remember there's a knife's. There was a knife and alcohol story. Speaking of Motley Crue, I remember one time listening to Girls, Girls, Girls in the basement of a house party, and then uh, there was novelty swords on the wall, and then someone grabbed one of the swords, tried to stab another guy because he had a quote-unquote high squeaky voice Jesus like a bitch. Christ. But also, like, that's fine. Listen, there I went to way too many house parties that were all dudes, and that is... Bunch of that is so fun. That was my favorite thing is oh, fuck. all dude parties where one guy brought his girlfriend... 
and you wouldn't. I remember tracking it and being like, you wouldn't notice it, but the this there were just a circle around the one girl, and I would just like talk away from my friends to be like, when does the circle fully form? And it would be like a minute before the girl was circled, and it was just guys talking to each other, not even looking. I'm like, it's like a natural ape thing where they're like, circle the woman. <laughs> yeah, protect her, protect her, so that we she we show her our hard penises. Oh, so we Tommy Lear, John. What do you think of uh, Motley Crue? Do you think that they're coming back? Do you think that no, they're just going to be a nostalgia band that will play smaller and smaller venues until they I didn't eventually think they were coming die. back? They're like seventy years old. Yeah, they're the, where are they coming back to? They're fucking done. I mean, I followed Nikki Six's uh, Instagram account in the pandemic, and that was pretty fucking wild. Because let me tell you, that guy so much money. It was so fucking wild. Like he was literally like, "This pandemic's getting nuts," and then it's his baby on a private jet, and his baby in Montana in a pool, and he's like, "We live here now." Fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking pandemic's crazy. Things are going nuts. I'm down to three pools. Yeah. All right. Well. I only know one way to solve this. I'll just buy more property and live there. Okay, see you now. Fuck you. Yeah, but in a weird way, Motley Crue is kind of sad because that's this kind of wealthy musician is probably a thing of the past because it's no longer like they made residuals off of these tracks for 800,000 years, and that's no longer possible anymore. Thank I you so feel, much for listening. I do not feel bad for Motley Crue because I think that they are one of the few bands that that has retranslated into even more people buying tickets to their shows. So, yeah, they're going to have to go out and earn it. But they're going to be in big pools, big penises, big houses, big fridges. You know what I mean? Oh, they're I don't free. mean that. I'm I don't gonna... feel bad for Motley Crue. I feel bad for other bands like Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. I 100% do feel bad. I feel bad for bands like Winger, Warrant. No, I just mean like bands now. Interpol? Yeah, I feel bad for Interpol. Do you feel bad for the yeah, yeah, yeahs? No. No, no, no. You could use that. Holy shit, Dylan. All right. I have to piss so badly because I'm trying to rehydrate. Let me say this about drinking lots of water. No. I don't want to piss this many times in a day. Seven pisses. That's too many. That's too many wheeze. John, do you know who Doja Cat is? It's me. Okay, good. We're going to talk about Doja Cat. I'm going to do a sure. one-way traffic episode about Doja Cat next week. It'll be really fun. All right. What does that mean? You're going to tell me about Doja Cat? Yeah, I'll just tell you about it. All right, Doja tell me about Doja Cat, baby. All right, we'll talk about fucking you. Doja Cat. We're going to talk about, yeah, fuck it. Hope you're all fucking. Let's all, let's all finish this episode the way we all intended. Masturbating in our individual homes. Stood up or sat down. You decide. No laying down. This is good because you with this Doja Cat episode in, ensures that two suburban white Canadian men have to talk about race. Hmm. Truly what podcasting was built on. Thank you guys oh, so much. I got to put a flag up behind me. <laughs> put the flag upside down that that way you know which side whoa steve austin's here